0: Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life Podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life.
1: And I'm David Overbach, CEO and publisher.
0: We're very excited to be recording in person. In person! I am in <laughs> Iowa um, and we're all back in the office now officially and it feels really good.
1: It feels so good to be back in the office, to be recording in person, have the, not have those weird Zoom lags, although I shouldn't I point them out if you haven't noticed them because Donna <laughs> will go back to Florida and then we'll have weird Zoom lags again. <laughs> I know, so we're going to
0: record um, as many podcasts as we can while I'm here. And to avoid that. Yes. So. <laughs> it's fun to have in person coworkers and friends, not just screen friends and coworkers.
1: That is very true.
0: <laughs> so, today we have a fun episode for you. We want to talk about the iOS 15 public beta that's coming out in July. We have the developer beta on a phone here that we've had some hands on time with. So, we're going to share our experiences with that and also give you some advice on whether or not to use public beta software on your own iPhone at home or iPad. Um, So before we get into that, though, we want to share a sponsor uh, message for this episode.
1: So today's sponsor is OWC. And those of you who listen to the podcast regularly will know that they make really great external hard drives. Today, I'm going to not talk to you about that, though. I'm going to talk (laughs) to you about an app that they just came out with, and it's called OWC Copy That. And what's really cool is it works with the really great external hard drives and it allows you to easily transfer things from your iPhone or iPad to an external hard drive. So one of the questions we get so frequently is... Uh, how do I get photos and videos off my iPhone? And there's a lot of ways to do it, but they're pretty tricky, especially if you want to use a service like you want to use Dropbox or something like that. First of all, you have to pay a lot of money for expensive storage in the cloud. And second of all, it's kind of hard. This makes it really easy. All you do is you use the app, you plug your iPhone into a hard drive, and you can instantly transfer your photos off of your phone onto a hard drive to free up storage on your phone and make sure that you have them securely stored locally on one of OWC's amazing hard drives. So again, the app is free. It's called OWC Copy That. Uh, So make sure you check it out in the App Store.
0: Next I have a daily tip I want to share with you. We have a free daily newsletter called iPhone Life Tip of the Day. Uh, If you've been listening for a while, you know about it. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, it's where you sign up. And then we send you a tip that takes less than one minute to learn every day. And um, it's a great way to learn cool things you can do with your iPhone with a very small time investment. And it's completely free, so I highly recommend it. And the tip I have for you today is about the Reminders app, which is an app that um, since starting working at iPhone Life, now many years ago i became obsessed <laughs> with before that i was just one of those ones apple stock apps that just sat there for me and i didn't do anything with it totally um, but it's really amazing for making lists and um the thing that you want to do with this app though is have it pop up on your phone at the right time if you create like a bunch of lists in the reminders app but you don't have any reminders to go look at the app then it's not that useful to you so this is uh, one of the newer ways that you can be reminded and it um, it sends you a reminder when you're texting a certain person, you can set it up to do that. And so this is, um, this is really useful if you want to ask someone about something, um, but you, wanna, you want to do it when you're messaging them. Sorry, I'm not expressing this very clearly, so I'll just explain how to do it and then you can, you'll see what I'm trying to say. So in the Reminders app, you can go, um, create a new listing, and then you'll tap details, which lets you set things, like you can do a time-based reminder or a location-based reminder, or you can do this new way where you tap the info icon and then tap toggle on when messaging. Ah. So once you have a reminder set, then you can choose a person um, underneath when you toggle on when messaging, and this just makes it so that you can, um, like the example here was The reminder is ask Katie about Nibble's medicines. This is a pet, clearly. And then she toggled on when messaging and then selected that person so that when she's texting Katie, a reminder will pop up saying ask Katie about Nibble's medicine and then she can do that. Um, So this is just like one of those features that probably a lot of people don't know exists in the reminders app. Um, Do you ever use this?
1: No, I, I didn't know it existed in the Reminders app.
0: <laughs> the nice thing is you can also use Siri for this. And I use Siri to set up my Reminders most of the time. So yeah. I can say, like, say, um, remind me about this when I when I message Rebecca if you're looking at something on your screen and it'll create it'll do the same thing which is pretty cool
1: that is cool yeah that is one of my favorite reminders tips is to use Siri for it and especially if you know the names of your list so for example I have an I have a reminders list called grocery list and so I can say when whenever I'm like at the fridge and I like pour the last of the milk I can say hey Siri add milk to my groceries list and it just does it Uh, And it's so convenient. You don't have to open up the app. You don't have to like go into it. it. You can do it really quickly while you're doing other things.
0: Yeah, I use that all the time as well.
1: Just to put in a plug, because we're about to talk about Insider, we have a really amazing Reminders guide. Because Reminders is one of those apps where there's so much you can do. It seems simple, but then there's so many convenient things beneath the surface that you wouldn't have otherwise known. So if you are not an Insider and you're sitting here listening to this being like, wow, I need to get into the Reminders app, we have a service for you. It's iPhone Life Insider.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I like with Insider, we also help you – Think of all of like the, the ways, the real life applications that you can use for things like the reminders app. Like I feel like I just did a pretty terrible job with that <laughs> tip specifically, but the reminders guide that we have is is really great. It tells you about the grocery lists you can create, all of the time based reminders that help you um, remember like all the important things in your life. So it's pretty amazing. Um, as David said, now is my time to tell you about iPhone Life Insider. Um, more comprehensively. iPhone Life Insider is our premium service for people, who for Apple enthusiasts who want to learn to master their iPhone. And so we have a series of in-depth guides, a whole library of in-depth guides, and we release new ones every month that you get once you subscribe. The Reminders Guide is one of our recent mm-hmm. ones. Coming up, we're going to have an iOS 15 guide that will come out as soon as the software release is available and it'll teach you how to use all of the new features. We also have live online courses that you get as part of your subscription and we also have live workshops so you get to interact with live instructors and expert instructors and fellow students um, and it also gives you that structure if that's something that helps you learn you also get um, an ad-free version of this podcast plus premium content a digital subscription to iphone life magazine video versions of our daily tips And you get our Ask an Expert service where anytime you run into a tech issue with one of your Apple devices, you can message us and we'll help you find a solution. You get guaranteed answers to your questions. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount for 10% off your subscription. And um, we also have a 60-day money-back guarantee so you can try it. There's no risk to you. And we, we feel confident and stand behind our product that you yeah. will like it.
1: And let me just plug a couple more pieces of content that we just came out with for insiders. Number, I already talked about the reminders guide. That was a couple months ago. We just, I think it was Friday, came out with the Apple Maps guide. Mm-hmm. And that's another one similar to reminders where it seems intuitive. We all use it regularly, if not every day. But there is so much you can do with it that I had no idea, and I do this for a living. And so there's so many features buried within it. Like a couple of my favorite features that I discovered from this were you can create a guide for an upcoming trip so, like, I often, I tend to be the one that researches trips a lot when I'm going on trips. And so I'll Mostly often, Mostly like,
0: restaurants, right? David's such a What else do you do <laughs> when you travel? <laughs> I, I just
1: eat. Uh <laughs> <Me> and, <too. laughs> and so I'll end up with a list of places that I may go to. You can go add them in Apple Maps. And then when you look at them, you can always see what's nearby when you're going. You can send that guide to other people when they go on trips. So there's a lot you can do. Another one of my favorites is you can use Apple Maps to find your uh, car when you parked in a large parking lot so a lot of cool stuff make sure you check out Insider for that guide for the reminders guide and for extended versions of this podcast where you don't have to listen to us talk about this
0: (laughs) so I wanted to share one of our recent Insider questions uh, and it's about iCloud and so I know it's something that a lot of listeners will find useful (laughs) because we all have iCloud issues I keep getting messages that my iCloud storage is almost full Is it advisable to pay the monthly fee in order to increase space in iCloud, or is that not essential? So here's what um, one of our editors wrote back, and I also wanted to give, you know, like we can weigh in on what we think about this as well because this is more of a question where there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer as as much as you know you can get our our take and our opinion on it i'm curious to hear what they wrote because i think there's a very right answer (laughs) (laughs) there are many free storage programs you can use to store a lot of your data icloud does tend to have better security than a lot of these and many people find the convenience is worth it compared with other programs so it really depends on your personal needs one way or another, I highly recommend finding a way to regularly back up your iPhone. I've lost years worth of photos because I told myself I'd back up later and then forgot to do it. Yikes. Not something I want to see happen to anyone else. My answer would be definitely pay for iCloud storage.
1: Yeah, I was, I, I think, I this. I, I actually don't know which editor wrote this. It <laughs> is, they had very good advice, but they're a little more diplomatic than me maybe. Yeah. Because I think, okay, here's what I would say. You have to, have an iCloud backup. In my opinion, it is almost unforgivable not to have an iCloud backup because if you lose your phone for any reason, then you just are really out of luck. Like all your photos are gone, all your like contacts, there's so notes, there's so many things that just automatically get stored on your phone that if you, if your phone gets lost and you don't have an uh, uh, up-to-date I- iCloud backup, you're really in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, I think while you can piece it together by using, say, a third party, because that's where I think this, this editor was correct, that like, you could, instead of paying for more iCloud storage, you could find other ways to free up storage so you don't have to pay for it. So in other words, what you can't do, in my opinion, is just not have an iCloud backup. But if you're running out of free storage and you don't want to pay for it, you could, for example, use an external hard drive for your photos and then you probably free up your storage. Or you could use one of these other free services we talked about, Google Photo, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, so iCloud gives you, Apple gives you five gigabytes of free iCloud storage. Yeah. And so that's not very much at all. Um, It probably is enough to create an iCloud backup depending on how much stuff you have to back up. But like David said, if you're using iCloud to back up other things, you're quickly going to run out of space. So your options, like you could use an external hard drive, you could use... um, google drive to back some things up and then just use your free allotment for your iCloud backup but um I used to do that I like would shuffle things around a lot to try to avoid paying for iCloud storage but it really did simplify my life like what basically what this editor said is that you know the convenience is worth it and it makes it really nice because all of your um all of your iCloud data is backed up and synced across all of your devices which is really nice as well. So I end up paying it's like 99 cents a month. Yeah, it's, it's not also that much. pretty inexpensive um, and well like there are different tiers but most likely you don't have to pay that much to get some iCloud storage then you don't have to worry about it. If you lose your device, if you get a new device, everything just transfers over seamlessly. Um so yeah, I would pretty strongly fall into that camp. And I think you and I are both the, like we appreciate the convenience <laughs> and we're always like pay for more storage, pay for more local storage, like get the bigger iPhone, uh, local storage too and also pay for iCloud. So like we're definitely in the camp of like splurging on your yeah, Apple devices. But it's I true. do I stand by it.
1: I, I agree. I, I I'm conscious of that I'm always advising people to spend a little extra money and <laughs> sometimes you just don't want to or can't. We promise we don't work for Apple. Yeah. We're not <laughs> We ha- make no commission. On of this yeah. but I just am a believer that a I, um, it takes so much time to manage this that the little bit of extra money you have to spend in order to just have it automatically taken care of for you is a is worth it yeah and B In terms of security, it's not just like security in terms of hackers can't get in. There's also the fact that if you are managing this in other ways, you have to remember to do it regularly. And if for some reason you don't because it's a hassle, then you are out of luck. If you lose your phone and you were planning like this person just said, if you lose your phone and you were planning on having backed up your phone regularly and then didn't in other ways, you're really out of luck. So there's a security of just knowing it happens automatically each night so that you don't have to take care of it and I think that's worth it mm-hmm. and also the time saved and not having to manage it is very worth it to me.
0: Yeah, like not having it pop, that little screen pop up every day on your iPhone saying that you're running out of space. Yeah. Oh, I think <laughs> you don't want to so deal you don't want to be like juggling that your whole life. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up our insider question. I feel like it is time now to get to our main theme of today which is should you install iOS 15? the iOS 15 public beta when it becomes available in July. So um, in order to answer this question, we first wanna explain more about what beta software is, uh, give you a little bit of our hands-on experiences with the developer beta that we have on our company phone here, and then we'll get into the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, so Apple, as of a few years ago, started running a public beta program, which it's just a uh, test software Basically, like you get an early version of it that you can install on your iPhone, but Apple is very transparent about the fact that they're still working out the kinks and you're helping them do that by using it and letting them know what the problems are with yeah. it. Um, before that, it's really been only in recent years that the public beta has been widely available. Um, before that, it's just been the developer beta, which is mostly, um, you know, people like us in the media <laughs> and then also app developers who are you know, updating their apps so that it can run on the new software. So that comes out, you get earlier versions of the software with the developer beta than you do with the public. We installed this on our iPhone because the public beta is not yet available. Um, so we've been able to test out some of the new features that Apple announced in June to actually see what it's like in real life. Um, and in July, it's be, it seems... I don't know what the numbers are of people installing it, but um, like definitely more and more people that I personally know use public beta software now. Mm-hmm. It's not just super techie types. It's like anyone who's excited about new features, but there are downsides to it too. Um, but uh, David, what what would you say having tested out iOS 15 so far are the coolest features (laughs) that people might want to, like it might entice people to. Yeah,
1: okay, well first of all, let me just uh, back up a little bit. Um, So in order to get a developer beta, you need to have a developer account with Apple. It costs $99 a year. Mm, And so unless you're really a diehard or you have a specific reason, you're an app developer or in the media, you're probably not gonna do that. Also the developer beta comes out Uh, like Donna said, it comes out a little bit earlier, so that means it's potentially even less stable. Um, July is when the public beta would come out, and then likely late September, early October is when iOS 15 will be available to anyone who has an iPhone 6S or later. So just fill in the blank there. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many cool features with this one. Um, We haven't had too much hands-on time. One of the features, though, that I was pretty impressed with, and this is why betas are fun, is that I, when they announced the new focus features, kind of thought it was gonna be more trouble than it was worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the new focus features are basically you have fine-tuned controls over your notifications, and you can have different l- settings. So right now you have do not disturb and its binary, either do not disturb's on or off. With iOS 15, you can have different types of do not disturbs for different activities. So you can have a work do not disturb, You can have and and it'll you can set it up customize it for that. Now I thought it was going to be tricky, but when we looked at it, it gave you it was surprisingly powerful and intuitive to set up do different types of do not disturbs. So for the work do not disturb, for example, you could have exceptions for certain people. So you can say oh don't let notifications come through except for if my wife texts me, or you can also have exceptions for third party apps. So you can say do not provide notifications from Facebook and Instagram, but if I get a notification from Slack, which we use for work, then that can come through. So it gave you a lot of controls, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, What about you? What are some features you've been impressed with?
0: Um, Well, just to add on to that too, Along with setting up your notification preferences with these different focus modes, you also can cu- like set up customized home screens so that you also don't see Facebook and Instagram on your home yeah. screen in your work mode, and you're only seeing things like you know Slack or maybe Spotify if you want to have some music playing when you work, things like that. Um, It was cool. And then the way that it's a lot of times with these features, I immediately am like wondering, like, but how exactly does it work? Like you set it up in in your settings app. There's like a new little section that says focus and then you switch from the different modes from your control center. Mm -hmm. So you can still just manually turn on do not disturb like normal. But then there's also a focus button that you press and hold and then you can switch between work and different things. This, I think, is really important because you can, like, forget what mode you're in. Even just testing out the phone, I, like, went back to the home screen to go to the (laughs) settings app, and then it wasn't there anymore, and I'm like, oh, wait, it's because I'm in my work focus mode, which I didn't put the settings app on the screen, so I have to switch back. So I do think there's some potential to be, get a little mixed up and be like, what mode am I in right now? Mm -hmm. Why are, like, it'll take some getting used to, but I think it could be really powerful because um, it is, like, it's tough with our iPhones now, like you can do so much from them that um, it can start running your life instead of ma- making you feel in control. And so I think this is a good way to combat that. I, like I can't count how many times I pick up my phone to do a specific thing and then like 15 minutes later, I'm like, w- what am I doing? Because I'm just responding to all the things coming in. Yeah. So well, this could help with that.
1: And I, the home screen, I agree. I was excited about the home screen for these examples. So there's certain apps that I use a lot during work time, like Slack and yeah. checking my email. And then I often get distracted when I'm not at work and end up checking my email and doing work when I'm supposed to be not doing work and hang out with friends or whatever. Uh, And so it's both sides. It's like having the apps you need when you need them and then not having, say, Facebook and Instagram when I'm at work, but having them when I'm just in leisure time. So I'm pretty excited about this feature.
0: I think the app library kind of primed us for it, too. Yeah. Because, like, if you have different home screens, now you always know you can get to the app library and access any of your apps there. Totally. So it's okay if you can't see all the ones all the ones on your phone so anyway that's focus but there's so many more things so i'll just jump around a little bit to some of the other cool ones um live text unfortunately we couldn't test on our phone because our the company shared phone is older and um this is a good thing to mention actually the iphone 6s or later can get ios 15 whether it's the public beta or the official shipping version um starting in september but A lot of the features are only available to the iPhone XS or newer based on like what technology they need to run. And live text is one of those. So live text is a feature that is going to let you um, point your viewfinder, your camera at different images with text and um, it'll automatically transcribe it. So you could take a picture of your notes and have that be transcribed into text or like hold it up to a a restaurant sign and then tap the number and call it. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be really cool. Didn't get to try that out. Um, Other ones that were cool, though. There
1: were some, one of the, and this is another frustrating thing about the beta. We'll get into (laughs) more pros and cons of beta in a second. But they, a lot of iOS 15 features around FaceTime. And you can't test them very well because most people don't have FaceTime. Uh, Or they don't don't have have the beta, I mean. Thank you. And so there's a couple features I'm excited about, but I have not really gone to test very much. Number one is it just improved FaceTime calls. So you can have a grid mode instead of the floating bubbles. And you can have portrait mode so that you blur your background. It has improved audio where it'll, the background noise will be, uh, will be lower. Things like that that I'm really excited to try. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a bunch of new features called, I think it's called SharePlay. Mm -hmm. and that's where you can from home you can sync up with somebody else who also is on a FaceTime call to do things such as watch a movie together, which is really cool, especially because it works with an Apple TV. So you guys can watch a movie together at the same time while on a FaceTime call. You can listen to music. You can share your screen to show them things. So there's a lot of extra functionality added this year that'll be really cool that we haven't really gotten to test very much, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, other ones we were able to test that were cool. The Photos app and Safari have some great oh, updates. Yeah. The Photos app, um what apple hyped the most was improved memories which when you go to the for you tab at the bottom of your menu in the photos app already apple would serve up different like they would put together different photo slideshows for you that already are nice but like the music options are pretty limited and sometimes they would group together photos pretty randomly so the ai is smarter now in terms of what they're like the movies they're creating for you and also they have better music options, better transitions. And I did check it out and it, like the look of it was a lot nicer. So if you're into that kind of thing and you like <laughs> slideshows, which I know David I know Donna looks at me. Um, I, it's not a feature I've personally been that excited about because I think I just prefer to put together my own combinations of photos instead of having Apple choose for me. But if, if like if it really is that much better in terms of what they're putting together, um maybe I will use it another feature that was cool this is what I was more excited about is that now when you swipe up on a photo it gives you way more details about that photo that was taken it tells you what device it was shot on it tells you how it's been edited like what effects have been applied to it and the date and time on it is now you can change that yourself so Apple, the Photos app um, organizes your photo chronologically. So let's say you import some photos from 2015. They're going to be like way back in your camera roll if you ha- wanted them to show up more recently or maybe the photo op- the time on that is inaccurate and you want to change it. Mm-hmm. Now you can do that. And I just think, you know, Apple's adding more manual controls, and that's yeah. really nice. Like, there's more options for you. Um, the Do you want to talk about Safari tab groups? Yeah, I'm. That's one of the really
1: things. excited about this. So, it, when you open up a tab in Safari on your phone right now, it's sort of this carousel view where you can't really see any of any of the uh, tabs. You just sort of can scroll through it, but you can't see it, and you can't. It's hard to navigate. So instead, they're switching to a um, basically a like card view where you have or a grid view i should say where you have all of your uh tabs in a grid and you can scroll through and i found it so much easier to use um and they have it was so much easier to navigate and then they also have grouped tabs so you could have like let's say again you're researching a trip uh you can take all of the things that you are researching and put them in a grouped tab in Safari and then they won't be open most of the time but if you want to come back to keep researching you can just pull them all up uh, they also one of the things and this is where beta really matters I was kind of skeptical they did something weird where they put the um, they put the little bar what's it called?
0: The search bar the
1: search bar and where you type in yeah. the websites they put that on the bottom whereas traditionally it's always been on the top of a web browser and I was a little worried that it would be confusing and I just intuitively always tap up top even though it wasn't there anymore. But I actually found the opposite. I found that it was intuitive to have that bar on the bottom because that's where my thumb tends to be. And I liked that feature.
0: Which must be why they did it, right? Yeah. Just it be like more easy, easier to navigate. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um,
0: yeah, I really like that. I do think it'll take some getting used to for me. It was like, this feels different. But the tab group thing is cool. It's kind of reminds me of, Focus mode, similar theme of like helping you compartmentalize a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you could have you could have like a tab group going for things you're researching at work and a tab group going for your upcoming trip and um, and not then have like hundreds of tabs yeah, like some, it can get so out of hand how many tabs you have open. And once they're really small, you can't see what's in there anyway. But if you see a few groups that you see named different things, um, that's really nice. And of course, it'll work with Mac OS Monterey, too. So you can be using this on your iPhone and then switch to your computer if you have Mac OS Monterey on that. Exactly. And have your tab group saved there. So I'm excited about how they all work together. Like, yeah. I think that with a lot of these features now, they they work nicely together. Yeah. Um, one thing worth mentioning, too, is that Mac OS, iPad OS, and iOS all have public beta programs that will be available in July.
1: Yeah. and we're focusing mostly on iOS this time, but yeah, you will be able to do it in watchOS. in watch OS. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So should we talk about anything else Pros you want to say, or should we talk about whether or not people should do this? Because it's coming yeah. out in July. It's coming really soon that you will have the option to do the public beta, assuming you haven't already done the developer beta, and it's actually a surprisingly complicated choice to decide if you want to do it.
0: Yeah, I think we should get into that. Um, if you want more comprehensive listings of features, go back to last episode, 161, we had our like post WWDC podcast where we like really went through all mm-hmm. of the iOS 15 features but these were I think we covered a lot of the good ones today um but yeah there are lots there's a lot to talk about with the pros and cons so I agree we should we should get into okay. it okay so it's tough to say like you know we can tell you we've been using the public beta for years but obviously we would because it's part <laughs> of our job to like test out these features early um but as David said it is like a a tough decision for if you're not in that, that boat. Um, just like going over what some of the pros are, it's pretty obvious that the biggest pro is just that it's fun to try out the features early yeah. and you might be impatient to get your hands on them. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest upside of it. Um, some people I've s- you seen online talking about like if you're already having some performance issues with your phone. Running, like updating to the public beta could actually even help resolve some of them. I wouldn't count on it though.
1: Yeah, I could see that maybe, but also in general, uh, updating to new operating systems, the newer the operating system, the more power it tends to take, both in terms of processing power and battery. And so you often have a thing where it'll slow your phone down potentially if you have an older phone if you there are often battery draining issues, that's true across like any time you update the operating system. But in particular for the iPhone beta there's it's happened pretty frequently where some of the versions of beta were particularly bad for battery drainage. So you are running a risk of that,
0: yeah, but um. Yeah, so those are the pros, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Getting into the cons, <laughs> I would say that um I still have an overall feeling now that Apple's been doing the public beta for a few years that it's just not that risky. Like it's not that like nothing that catastrophic is probably going to happen if you get the public beta, but there's there's a lot of like nuisances. Yeah. Um and so like we can go through some of those. Like for instance, a lot of third-party apps, the developers haven't updated their app to work with the new operating system yet. So you might have apps that just like don't work at all yeah. with the iOS public beta, iOS 15 public beta. I remember having some issues with Spotify last year before the official release. Um, people in the office have had like their banking apps stop working or um, they're worried about the security of them. So you can't do things like do your automatic deposits or whatever um, that's like can be pretty essential. So um, in that way, Apple suggests that you put the beta on a secondary device, that you mm-hmm. don't put it on a primary device that you're really relying on. At work, we do put it on our primary devices because we want to be like using it regularly. But one thought that is a really good option is to do the iPad OS 15 public beta, if you have an iPad, and then keep your iPhone on the safer software. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, so yeah, apps crashing is probably, the two things we mentioned are probably the two biggest ones where it's pretty common to have some apps crash. And it's it's often, it's not just third-party apps, to be honest. Sometimes, like, the phone app will stop working or just really frustrating things that you rely on regularly. So that can happen. Also, the battery drainage we just talked about. The third thing which makes the other issues worse is it's really complicated. And sometimes, I actually am not sure this year what they will do, but it, it can be really complicated to revert back. So if you're having issues and you're having bugs and it's your primary device, it can be hard to go back to iOS 14 if you're on the beta. Um, Now, if you just stay on it, eventually the beta will A, improve, and B, will become iOS 15, the full version, and so you're okay. But you can run into situations where, oh, this is buggier than I expected. Oh no, I'm stuck with it. (laughs) So that's also an issue.
0: Yeah, and just on that note, to, ins- to If you tried the public beta and you don't like it, you can revert to iOS 14. But what you have to do is um, return to the iCloud backup that you had when you last created a backup in iOS 14. So that means let's say you update to the public beta beginning of July when it comes out. And in August, you're having problems and you don't like it. You're going to have to go back to the backup that you created in July you can't use a backup from the beta. So you're gonna lose some data in the mm-hmm. process. Yeah, So you just have to be aware of that.
1: You also can end up with some compatibility. We kind of talked about this already, but some compatibility issues for people who are not using iOS 15 beta or, or yeah. devices you have. So an example from last year is that I had a shared grocery list with my partner. And they updated the Reminders app. They did a pretty big overhaul of the Reminders app. I really liked the changes they made, but it broke that groceries list. And so when I would add things, she wouldn't see it. And when she added things, I wouldn't see it. And we had two months of pretty solid grocery confusion.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so things like that. And also among your Apple devices, if you don't put a beta software on all of them, You also, you could have that same thing, like you're you're not seeing your grocery list on your Mac, but you're seeing it on your iPhone. yeah Things like that can be annoying. yeah Uh, But so, I kind of think maybe our suggestion is if you're going to do the public beta, also get your friends and family to do it.
1: (laughs) Go all in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, but there have been some known bugs so far in the developer beta. People have been having issues with their Wi-Fi, some Wi-Fi connectivity issues, um, auto brightness, Face ID problems and some 30 party apps not working, and then, of course, apps crashing. So, reading all this out, like it sounds pretty scary. And yeah. I could see if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking we're advising you not to. But strangely, even with all that being said, <laughs> I haven't had any bad enough experiences that I wouldn't do it again.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, we. so we did a workshop for insiders where we went over this. And at the end, we said, are you guys going to do it? And uh, 95% of the people were like, no way, It sounds terrible. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I mean, and obviously we're going to do it for work. But I agree with Donna. It's like, I feel like I am reading medical advice where I have to sit here and warn you of every possible thing that can go wrong because otherwise I haven't, done my due diligence for you, and if it goes wrong, you'll be mad at me. Yeah. But in recent years, the beta has been pretty stable. And I really love having the beta on my phone. It's really fun. It's so fun. Uh, and so, we did have one person in the workshop come on near the end and said they did it every year. Every time they had a bug, they used, there's a troubleshooting app for the beta, so you can report the bug, and Apple fixes it quickly, usually. And so, if you're somebody who If you're patient with bugs and you are excited for iOS 15, I think it is worth it. You just have to be patient. I think it is unlikely that anything too catastrophic will happen, but you just have to be understanding that it is a beta and it is less stable. I would honestly, I would do it even if I didn't do this professionally because I think it's fun.
0: I also, same, and I also think I recommend it more for people who who have multiple Apple devices. If you only have one Apple device, I would like actually feel a little, a little more nervous. I think part of the reason I can be more relaxed about it is I've got you know my iPad, my iPhone, and my Mac. So if something goes wrong with one of them, it's not as catastrophic.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, the other thing I will say in terms of my actual recommendation is I would recommend doing the beta if you're excited about it and being patient with bugs. So I do think you can, it is okay to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Apple rarely puts out something that's so unstable that your phone just breaks. But I I recommend waiting a little bit for a couple reasons. First of all, um, the early adopters such as us will test it out and we will be able to tell you pretty quickly what the known bugs are. And so that's one of the things we're going to try to do a li- be a little more proactive on this year. I think the podcast will be the right medium for this, so stay tuned, and we will probably each episode say, hey, here's where the beta's at. Here are the bugs that are known. Here's some issues people are having. Yes, it's stable. No, it's not. Yes, you should try it, or no, you shouldn't. So we'll, we'll know more when it comes out, uh, but the later in the year it goes, the closer it gets to the actual release, the more stable it is. So a lot of times you want to wait, not get the first beta the day it comes out, but if you're a little conservative, even if you wait a week, it's like so much safer because there's enough people using the beta where if it's really bad issues, Apple will often fix it really quickly.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, one other pro that I forgot to mention is just that it's also easy to install now yeah apple has made the process really easy we have uh, an article that like takes you step by step how to do it which i'll include in the show notes at iPhoneLife.com slash podcast but that was one of the big things too i think if i didn't work at this job like a big um determining factor for me would be like how simple it is to go ahead and do it and it is, it's like you download a, a profile on your phone when you go to this apple website which again we'll link to um and from there you can like just with a few taps installed on your phone like it's mm-hmm. not that much more involved than just doing a regular software update in the settings app on your iphone yeah
1: it was it used to be real a real hassle and now it's really easy
0: yeah um i think the uh, the, the process of uninstalling it also is pretty simple but like it doesn't in- involve looking on iphonelife.com or just in- <laughs> googling in general like how to uninstall it and it'll it's not that hard but it can be a bit of an annoying thing and you lose some of your data since when you did the backup before, like I explained before. It <laughs> we'll
1: link to, we have an article of how to set up the beta. We will link to it in the show notes and also we will certainly be promoting that article a lot when the beta comes out.
0: Yeah, but definitely I think like if you can do it with your friends too, then you can try out all the new FaceTime features. Which is fun. That I'm looking forward to trying out in the office because if you can't, if you, that's like one of the coolest iOS 15 updates. And if you can't be, if you don't want to be friends to do it with, <laughs> you're out of luck. <laughs> all right. So our question of the week is based on all of this, will you be installing Apple's iOS 15 public beta software or any of the beta software for other devices too this July? Why or why not? Email podcast at iPhoneLife.com and tell us why. I'm excited to hear from people on this. Yeah, I'm curious. Did we
1: scare you away? (laughs) Did we scare you away? Okay. (laughs) Um,
0: And this wraps up this episode of the iPhone Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll be back in two weeks. By then, I'm pretty sure we'll have the beta software on our device, and we can tell you how it's going.
1: I'm excited. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And if you're an insider, stick around. We've got some bonus content for you. Yes.